You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time, and for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to flaunt, create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash flaunt. That's betterhelp.com slash flaunt. Flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. One of the hardest things about finding out that your partner has had an affair is the shame and embarrassment talking about it because it makes you feel like you did something wrong, that somehow you weren't good enough and that you didn't keep them happy. And there's such a misperception in the world around what affairs are like and what it means when somebody has had an affair. That's why I have created a monthly support group for women who have been betrayed by their partner. It's for women who are really ready to move through the grief and the pain in a healthful way so they can claim what's possible for them on the other side of infidelity and betrayal as quickly and as healthfully as possible. And part of that is having community, having community with people who are positive. There are so many online support groups where everybody's just really negative and grouchy and they just vent their own pain and they vomit their pain all over you. And this group is nothing like this. This group is honest. Yes, we're honest. But it's also about support and community and holding each other and building each other up. If this sounds like something that you would be interested in, go to www.flourishafterinfidelity and sign up. When you sign up, 
you'll immediately get the Zoom link to our next meeting, and then you will be in the loop and you will know when each monthly meeting is about to occur. I really look forward to having you there, to building this community of strong women together. And once again, it's www.flourishafterinfidelity.com. And we'll see you at our next meeting. Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle and it is time once again for gratitude and grace. This is one of my favorite shows. I have been recording a gratitude and grace show for about seven years now. And each time I record something, I feel like it does something for my soul that I really needed that I didn't know that I needed. So wherever you are at in your betrayal recovery journey, may this show be a balm for your heart, for your soul, for your spirit in ways that you may not have known that you needed either. (sighs) Okay, in the United States, we are about to celebrate Thanksgiving. And like so many holidays, I feel like meaning, and I was struggling because I wanted to say real meaning, but it's not necessarily really the real meaning, just any meaning. So often the meaning gets diluted because of the commercial nature of holidays which is too bad. When you think about Thanksgiving, and I know Canada had theirs a while back, but when you think about any Thanksgiving, it is about giving thanks, which is pretty much the same thing as gratitude. Giving thanks and showing gratitude are pretty much the same thing. And what I like about being thankful or grateful, whatever you want to call it, is it just shifts our focus. Instead of looking for problems, we start looking for solutions. Instead of looking for things that we don't like, we start looking for things that we do like. And you know what? That is a really powerful shift. Because humans have what is known as the negativity bias. And the negativity bias is meant to keep us safe. We are meant to constantly be scanning as animals. We are meant to be constantly scanning our environment looking for threats. So then when we notice threats, when we notice things that are wrong, then we can avoid that danger and keep ourselves alive or safe. But in today's (laughs) world, we're not necessarily scanning the environment for saber-toothed tigers or things like that. Instead, we're just scanning the environment for all of the things that are wrong. Political things are wrong. You know, everybody has stupid ideas and beliefs. People at work, everything is wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. The company is wrong. Um, Our coworkers are doing it wrong. Our bosses are doing it wrong. The world is wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. 
And in our personal relationships, we also are constantly scanning the environment looking for things that are wrong. And sadly, what that does is it creates dissatisfaction where there doesn't have to be dissatisfaction. Now, I'm not talking about gratitude in a cheesy, fake way, like, oh, yay, he cheated on me and it's all okay. That's not what I'm meaning. What I'm meaning is, I know you're in a bad situation. I know you're in a lot of pain. You might be feeling rage, anger, hopelessness, helplessness, a whole range of negative emotions. And you should be, and you're entitled to feel them. And I'm also a big proponent of feeling your emotions. However, you don't have to feel your emotions 24-7 for the rest of your life. You don't even have to feel them 24-7 for the next year. You can continue to process and feel and think about all of those horrible, awful things that happened. And you can still be with your family on Thanksgiving and have a really good time. You can still meet a friend for dinner or drinks and laugh and lose yourself in the moment. You can still take a walk in nature and feel the sun on your face and really deeply enjoy yourself. Going through a traumatic period of time, yes, you're going to feel traumatic things. Yes, you're going to be upset. And yet still, you will be able to enjoy the moments that come along. And to me, that's what gratitude is all about. It's being able to enjoy those moments that come along. So even if you're miserable eight hours a day, maybe the other four, you're actually enjoying yourself or you're just peaceful or you're calm. It doesn't matter really how many days or hours or weeks or months or years you spend processing. Some people process things really quickly. Sometimes people having a trauma unleashes all of the pain from the past that was never processed. So that's why sometimes, especially in the infidelity space, sometimes people heal fairly quickly within a year or within two years. They feel pretty normal. Sometimes people are still struggling 10 years later. And a lot of times that is just because the infidelity opened up a wound that had been covered over but not fully healed. So it's not that they are just processing the infidelity and that it's taking them so long to process. It's that that infidelity wound opened up abandonment issues from childhood. It opened up so many other unhealed traumas and wounds. And that's why it's taking so long to heal because there's deeper work to be done. And like I said, it's so important for us to do our work. We should be doing our work because ultimately doing our work makes us better, happier people. And yes, doing the work can be painful, but finding gratitude is all about just that. Finding gratitude in the moment and noticing it so you can feel good. 
Let's talk about a couple of different ways to start moving you into a space of gratitude, because that's what this show is all about, gratitude and grace. Grace is going to go deep, so fasten your seatbelts and hang on for the ride on that one. But let's stick with gratitude for just a moment. One of the things you can do is to every single day, look for five things that you are grateful for. You might have to, you know, send yourself a text. You could write a note on your mirror, on your refrigerator, something like that that you will see that reminds you to look for five things that you're grateful for every day. And here's what I guarantee. I guarantee the first few times you're going to do it, you're going to be like, okay, this is fun. I'm all in. And then you're going to be like, no, this is stupid. This is the most stupid thing I have ever done. Why did I think this was a good idea? It is totally fake and phony. Oh, I'm grateful for the dog. I'm grateful for the air. Blah, 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 blah. When you get to that state of feeling like this is stupid and you want to roll your eyes, oh, that is such a good place to be, actually. That is that resistance phase that comes up right before real change happens. Earlier, I was talking about the negativity bias that keeps us safe by drawing our attention to everything that is negative, bad, and wrong. We also have another safety mechanism within us that says, if I am surviving now and I know how to handle it, then I'm not going to change. Because if I change, then I might not be able to survive again. So that mechanism is the mechanism, the defense mechanism that's coming up that is causing you to go, oh, this is stupid. This is a bad idea. It's false. It's fake. It's phony. I don't know why I ever even wanted to try it. When you feel resistance, when you feel that negativity jumping in, I want you to do a little hop in the air and be like, yes, because you know that change is about to take place. When you feel that resistance, you know, I've done it. I have triggered my brain enough. I have triggered my habits enough that my brain, my body, my nervous system knows something is about to be different. And it is nervous. It's nervous that I'm going to change the game and that it might not be able to survive. But here's the thing. Consciously, you know you're going to be able to survive, and you know you also are going to be able to thrive and be much happier. So after a few days of feeling like, ugh, this is the stupidest thing in the world, just keep pushing into it. Keep pushing into it because in just a few more days, that change is going to click over. Your heart is going to crack open just a little bit and a little bit and a little bit more. And suddenly you will start really feeling some of this gratitude. It will go from consciously just finding five things every day to be grateful for, blah, 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 to being like, yeah, I am so grateful for my cat for this weather. Oh my gosh, my aunt just called me and she is amazing. I am so grateful for these relationships that I've got. 
that's when change is going to happen. That's when you're going to start feeling it. And then when you start feeling it in your heart, in your soul, that's when that gratitude will really start infusing your life and your psyche. And you will go from that state of everything is wrong and awful and bad to feeling more hopeful to feeling more excited, to looking forward to the future. Because isn't that what we want? We want to look forward to the future. We want to be excited about our life and ourselves. And that's the power of gratitude. And sometimes I feel like that gets missed. Sometimes I feel like Gratitude almost gets shoved down our throats. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just better be grateful for that. And it feels false and cheesy, which is what happens right before change happens. And then people don't really understand why. Why would you want to go through this process of being grateful for things? Well, because it makes you feel hopeful. Because it makes you look forward to the future. Because it gives you energy to live. And come on, who doesn't want to have energy to live? Who doesn't want to look forward to the future? We all want that. So focusing on gratitude is selfish in the best possible way because it makes us feel better. And especially after going through infidelity and betrayal, who doesn't want to feel better? Come on, we all want to feel better. Something that I'm going to include um, in the show notes, I've included it um, in the past, so maybe you already have it, but it's a copy of my gratitude ABCs. And I play this gratitude ABCs game with my family every year on Thanksgiving, and it's just so fun and funny. It's literally just a listing of the alphabet. And by each letter, A is a blank line, B, blank line, C, blank line, and so so on and so forth. And what we do is we sit at the table and we all write down one thing that we're grateful for that starts with each letter. And you can have strict rules or you can have not so strict rules. We usually do not so strict rules. But we give ourselves however many minutes, 15 minutes, and then we all share our answers. And we score it because we like to be a little bit competitive. So if there is like a duplicate answer, it doesn't, you know, count. But you get one point if you've got a new answer that nobody else has. And we go around the table and we read it. And it's so funny. And it's so much fun. And it does just get your brain expansive and thinking about all of the things that really are good in life, in the world, within you. And even though I said, oh, we play this game every year on Thanksgiving, and and we do, and it's good, just downloading this PDF, keeping a copy, (laughs) somewhere where you can see it, whether it's in a drawer or folded up in a book, again, it's just a reminder to be grateful for things. 
And like I said earlier, it's it's an intersection. There's like the intersection of you can be grateful for things and at the same time you can be miserable. You can be grateful for things and at the same time there can be a lot of things that you want to change. You can be grateful for things and at the same time you can feel really miserable and depressed. And I think that's where I really want to foot stomp that gratitude is something that goes with everything else. Gratitude is something that goes with every other state. And that's the thing that I most passionately feel that gets missed when it comes to gratitude. I am really stressed. I am really overwhelmed. And I'm still grateful for these things. I am really terrified. I am really angry. I am really upset. I am really sick. And I am still really grateful for these things. Gratitude is just that sprinkle, that sprinkling in on any, on any situation, on any state. It is literally the all-purpose seasoning. Gratitude goes with everything. And it's okay if it's just a little bit. It's still something that I want you to notice. So that wraps up gratitude. And now we are going to move to grace. And grace is actually one of my favorite things in the whole world to talk about. And that's why I wanted to end the show with it. And that's why every year I do gratitude and grace. Again, like gratitude, that is the all-purpose seasoning. I feel like grace is something that sometimes we don't think too much about. Or sometimes we want to apply it in a very superficial manner. And the thing with grace is it is so beautifully gentle. Grace is one of those things that seeps in unannounced, sometimes uninvited, and really is the balm for us, for our soul, for everything. And grace, truly, in my mind, is the thing that makes everything better and it bridges us into a state of oneness with all humanity. Because this show is more specific to infidelity, I'm going to use the example of grace around infidelity. But please know that grace can be applied to Being in a situation with an employer, with your kids, with your parents, with toxic family members, with neighbors, with people when you're in a bad political discussion or a bad religious discussion. Grace and the use of grace is universal. And then I will come back around to this. The use of grace for yourself grace for yourself. Because ultimately, we can't give to others what we can't give to ourselves. (sighs) 
until we are graceful with ourselves, we cannot be graceful with others. All right, let's talk a little bit about grace. In defining grace, I think that it is the place where compassion and love and understanding all meet. Notice that I didn't say forgiveness because I don't think grace has anything to do with forgiveness. But it's the place where compassion and love and understanding all meet. I think, as you know, I am just not a fan of forgiveness because of the connotation that somehow I am over you and that I have authority to uh, forgive you or not. But I am a huge fan of compassion and love and understanding. Okay, I said I would use this as use my example. Um, okay, I said I would use infidelity as an example in defining grace. When I was learning about my husband's infidelity, and he was telling me about how he felt, that he was afraid that I would leave him. And when times were good, he would go cheat because he was afraid I would leave him. He was afraid that I was out there and that I was creating this new amazing life and that I was using him and abusing him and stringing him along. And then that one day out of the blue, I would be like, here you go. Here's the divorce papers. I'm out of here. I found this new amazing person and we're going to jet off to Europe on his amazing airplane and I'm taking the kids and I'm taking you for all you're worth, blah, 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 blah. So he had this weird delusion going on that he was going to be hurt by me. And his best defense was a good offense. And that he was going to at least be able to say when I did that, ha ha, that's okay because I have been seeing so-and-so, so I will be protected. Okay, <laughs> let's unpack that a little bit and let me explain why grace applies to that situation. Like I said, grace is the intersection of compassion and love and understanding. When I heard that story, because my husband cheated every time times were good and every time times were bad for the exact same reason, because he thought he had to protect protect himself. In a weird way, I can understand that. Knowing his background, knowing how many women did that to him in the past, starting with his mother, (laughs) who abandoned him on many different occasions, which is why he ended up in foster care in high school, and then having a failed marriage and failed other relationships by women who had left him out of the blue, leaving him high and dry. Could I understand why he would think that? Yeah, I can understand it. You know, earlier I said, that is so delusional. Yeah, in my anger state, that is delusional. And objectively, in a lot of ways, that is delusional thinking. I get that. But I could understand how he could go there. Also, looking at who I am as a person. I'm going to survive. I'm going to take care of things. 
I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to be healthy. Why he could see that "Mm, maybe she can do that. Doesn't seem like her, but maybe she can do that. I could understand that. It didn't necessarily make sense, but I could understand that. And when I could understand his fear, when I could put myself in his situation, feeling like, you're being played, Laura, you're going to lose, then I would have compassion for his emotions around that. Because I'd be like, dang, how awful would that feel? To think that your own wife was playing you like that, was manipulative, and was doing all of this and was going to, bam, come out of, you know, the come out of from behind this hidden situation and be like, nothing of this is true. Yeah, I had some compassion for him. And of course, I've loved him. I've been with him for over 30 years. Of course, there was love there. So his behavior in a weird way, I could understand. I had compassion for how bad he must have felt when he was cheating. Because he kept saying, I didn't want to cheat. I picked, I picked the easiest target. I picked the woman who would never reject me. I went with the lowest quality woman because I knew she wouldn't reject me and that I would be safe. And my heart couldn't take rejection because I was in such pain over what I thought you were doing to me. Wow, I have compassion for that. I have understanding for that. And I felt love for him. So it allowed me to give him grace and to be able to say, I get that. In a weird way, it makes sense. If I had had your background, if I had been through the enormous amounts of abandonment and rejection that you've been through, I might feel that same way too. I get it. Now, I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying, oh, it's all okay and how sad for you and you poor thing. You had a tough childhood so you can do anything for me and I will just let it be. That's not what grace is. Grace is like forgiveness. They say forgiveness is for you, not for the other person. Grace is me saying, wow, I feel that. And I will offer you grace around that because I have faltered too. So I feel that grace. I offer the grace to the other person. That's not giving it to them. It's not forgiving them. But it's just saying, I offer you my grace because I've thought things were one way when they really weren't. I've been misguided and delusional too. Because I've been misguided and delusional, because I've made really bad mistakes too, we can come together in our common humanity and I can offer you grace by saying, yeah, I've been, I've been wrong too. I've been delusional too. And that's why grace connects us as humans. It's the whole concept of We can only judge people 
if we're completely without fault and that none of us are without fault. So instead of judging or shaming or even forgiving, I think the strongest thing we can do is offer grace, which is just going to that level of understanding and saying, we are alike. I understand. I have compassion for what that must have felt like. And I do love you. And I've been there too. And I'm offering you grace as a way for us to connect. To me, that's what grace is all about. It's shared humanity. And it's letting other people know that we share their humanity. One of the things that drives me, I think, the most crazy is the holier-than-thou attitude. Because nobody is holier than anybody. Everybody gets confused. Everybody gets misguided. Everybody is only doing the best that they can with the tools that they have in each moment. And grace is about opening up and acknowledging that. Grace is about standing in your raw, vulnerable self and just letting other people know that it's okay because we're all there. And we'll be there again. Try as we might, we are still going to make mistakes going forward. Yesterday, I'm recording this on Wednesday, and yesterday it was the midterms in the United States. And, and I promise I'm not getting political on you. One of the things that I really like to think and think about whenever I think about politics or whenever anybody mentions anything political is, what would it feel like if tomorrow you learned definitively that the other side, whatever the other side is for you, is totally right and you are wrong? What if there is something definitive that lets you know that they are right? How does that feel? Is it embarrassment? Are you willing to soften and just to be like, whoa, you're kidding? Or do you want to fight? Because most people don't offer themselves the grace to go, whoa, you're kidding. I have been so misguided. I have been so taken in. I had no idea. You're kidding me. Tell me more. Most people don't offer themselves that grace. Most people want to fight, which is them being defensive. Most people want to say, no way, no way. That just can't be. That's, that's wrong. We're going to fight that. I'm going to show you. It's fake news, whatever it is. That is a lack of grace. 
That's a lack of self-grace. We are all going to be wrong. If you look at just about any medical treatment in the past, it was wrong and it looks barbaric by today's standards. Leeches, letting people bleed out, all of these different things look barbaric by today's standards. Think about the medical treatments today, chemo, radiation, some of the medications that we're using. One day in the future, people are going to look back and they're going to say, oh my God, do you believe that they did that? Do you believe that they used to give them whatever it is? One day, everything we believe is going to be wrong. I don't care if it's a religious belief, a political belief, a medical thing, whatever it is. Think about how you would react or respond if you knew definitively tomorrow that what you thought and what you knew to be true was wrong. What if you learned conclusively, definitively that diet and exercise is wrong? That whatever your religious beliefs are, are wrong. That everything that you've been doing is wrong. Grace is what would seep in and soften and allow you to be okay with the fact that everything you knew and advocated for and trusted in and believed was wrong. Grace is what would allow you to soften and humble you to learning more. to doing more, to doing better, to exploring, to being curious, to being open, to reaching out and connecting with people on the, quote, other side and saying, I had no idea. Tell me more. Now that we know the truth, enlighten me. How did you know this to be true? How could I have not known this? And grace is what allows you not to beat yourself up and not to be like, how was I so stupid? Why didn't I know he was cheating? Why did I stay? Why did I give him another chance? Why, 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 why? How could I be so stupid? Grace is what you give yourself to humble your heart, to humble your spirit, and to allow you to learn and grow and develop. How many of you, either as a kid or had kids, that mispronounced words, that maybe couldn't say their R's, or said something cute and funny? My grandmother couldn't say her name, and her name was Marilyn Brown. And her parents thought it was so adorable because she would call herself Melwellyn Brown because she couldn't say her R's. And everybody, it it was a source of joy because everybody knew that one day she would learn the truth (laughs) of how to say her R's. And they gave her love and they thought it was adorable. And they gave her understanding that it's hard for little mouths and little tongues to pronounce the letter R. And of course they had compassion 
in the event that somebody were to make fun of that. That's grace. We give grace to our kids when they mispronounce words. We think it's adorable. So why does that change when we grow up? When you say or do the wrong thing, where is the grace for yourself? I know a hot button thing right now for a lot of people, you know, is learning and understanding around the whole, I'm not even sure how to say it. It's, it's learning and understanding what other people are going through, whether it's Black Lives Matter or, you know, something in the workplace, DE&I, you know, diversity and inclusion. And we're, we're learning. We're like, oh, I didn't know. And sometimes people push back, like on football teams or other sports teams when they're changing their names, where it used to be, you know, the Indians or the Blackhawks or the, we're learning. And how often do you hear people saying, I didn't know that's cultural appropriation. Explain that to me. I didn't know. Why is that offensive? Educate me. I don't know. I don't know. That's grace. The people that can be able to say, it is? I had no idea. Why does that matter? Well, we've always done it this way. Is that, I thought that was honoring. Well, I didn't even, huh, I didn't know. Teach me. That's grace. Versus what we hear, sadly, more often is, that's ridiculous. It's always been this way. Don't be so thin-skinned, blah, 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 blah. That's defensiveness. And why that matters is for yourself, not for the other person. It's grace. When people get defensive, it's because they can't give themselves grace. When you tell me I have hurt your feelings and I say, oh, get over it, that's me panicking and wanting to protect my heart. Versus you telling me that I have insulted you and me saying, I'm sorry. What am I doing wrong? I'm not. I do see this, but I don't understand that. And giving myself compassion. If I know better, I'll do better. But if I don't know, I can't do better. Giving myself love. And then just giving myself that understanding. Of course I thought that. Oh my gosh, it makes sense that I thought that. But I didn't know. That's what grace is all about. And that is why grace matters. So that is my understanding and my idea of grace. (laughs) And until we can do that for ourselves, there is no way we can do it for somebody else. I also want you to go back to what I said about like kids and my grandmother and her not being able to pronounce her R's and how adorable we all think, or most of us think kids are. And even when we do something wrong, how we are just so filled with grace towards them. What would it be like if you consciously held yourself in that same light? So often, we just hold ourselves to some higher standard that is not even realistic. 
think about in the Bible when people talk about we're children of God, you are a child of God, blah, 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 blah. People always use the term child. You are a child of God. What I think is so important about that phrase is the word child. We give children grace. We should give ourselves grace. And we should give each other grace. Because even though we're walking around in adult bodies, inside we are all children at heart. Inside we are all tender. We are all scared. We are all unsure. We are all learning. Learning doesn't stop just because you grow up. Sure, you know how to walk and you know how to talk and you know how to pay bills and you know how to do all these things, but you were still a child inside. And grace is about recognizing that so you can humble yourself, so you can learn. Now I want to move in for the very last section of the show here. We've talked about several different intersections. You know, the intersection of compassion and love and understanding is grace and and gratitude and how you can have gratitude at the same time that you have anger and rage and hate and all of that good stuff. And now I want to kind of put it all together and talk about that intersection, that place between gratitude and grace and why that is so powerful. Because that is where we actually hold gratitude for mistakes. Where we are grateful for the painful learning. And oh gosh, even just saying that kind of makes me want to vomit. (laughs) Because Yes, I know we learn more from our mistakes and from our failures than we do from our successes, but come on, I've had a lot of failures and mistakes and it gets really old, doesn't it? What would it be like, though, to slowly start shifting your perspective on mistakes and failures? Not as something that was bad and to be ashamed of or embarrassed by or to beat yourself up over, but as something truly to have gratitude for. I know, I know it would be great, wouldn't it? And part of my brain is like, yes, it would be great. And part of my brain is like, ha, (laughs) there's no way you can do that. But just like I was saying at the very beginning of the show around gratitude, To make it a rule to look for five things every single day that you're grateful for. To recognize that when you're in that place of resistance and you just want to eye roll and be like, this is the stupidest thing ever. To know that that means you are on the cusp of change. To do that same thing here with gratitude for the mistakes. I want you to look back right now. Right now. On any of the mistakes you have made in the affair recovery journey, I want you to look back on what your spouse did. I want you to look back on 
all of the mistakes on either or both of your behalves. And just say to yourself, I am grateful for this journey. I am grateful for this experience. And to feel how that lands in your body. Does it feel like truth at all, even just a little bit? I am grateful for this journey. I am grateful for the lessons learned. I am grateful for who I have become. I am grateful for who I am becoming because of this journey. I am grateful for who I am becoming because of this journey. And I will give myself grace throughout this journey. How does that feel? Do you think there is any part of you that can believe that? Is there any part of you that thinks you can believe that you are grateful for who you are becoming because of this journey and that you can give yourself grace along the way? If there's any part of you that thinks, yes, I can or I want that, Breathe into that space. Shine light on that space. And let that space step forward. Let that space come forward. Step forward to be seen. And then let that space declare one more time, I am grateful for who I am becoming. Because of this journey, and I will give myself grace for the growth along the way. And as you give it to yourself, and as you continue to grow within yourself, that is when you can give it to others. I am a child, I will treat myself with grace and understanding and compassion and love because I am a child who is growing and learning, just like everybody around me is also a divine child who is growing and learning and who needs love and understanding and compassion. Wherever you are in the world, I encourage you to lean in to some of the truths in the show around gratitude and grace. To start noticing today five things every day that you are grateful for. To start loving yourself like a divine child. To start loving others 
like a divine child to start noticing where you are in a state of grace and where you're in a state of judgment. Because judgment and grace are polar opposites. Because when you're in a state of judgment, you do not have compassion, you do not have love, and you do not have understanding. So notice when you feel judgy, ugh, why are they doing this? Ugh, why is she wearing that? Ugh, why would they ever think that? And shift from judgment to grace. And just see what that does to your whole sense of self. And remember that part of you that today stepped up and said and declared, I am thankful for who I am becoming because of this journey. And I can give myself grace along the way because I am a divine child of God and I deserve it. Have an incredible, amazing week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Are you looking for a great way to make new connections and spread your wings? Revel is a new kind of social platform exclusively for women over 40, where you can do just that. With virtual and in real life events, authentic conversations, and no ads, Revel is the community site exclusively designed for like-minded, fabulous, fun women in midlife. Learn more and join for free at hellorevel slash flaunt. That's hello, R-E-V is in Victor, E-L, dot com slash flaunt. Come join us. It's nourishing and super fun. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 